Massive news out of Indonesia as Klaus Schwab has declared a global multi-crisis at the G20 and calls for world restructuring. This is the Great Reset, ladies and gentlemen, as the fourth turning looms. I'm joined today by TPUSA contributor Savannah Hernandez to break everything down. And if you want to see myself and Savannah Hernandez, as well as Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, and so many more, go and secure your tickets now for America Fest at amfest.com with promo code POSO for up to 25% off on your general admission. Amfest.com, promo code POSO. I'll see you there. Let's get into it. If you look at all the challenges, we can speak about a multi-crisis, an economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation, of course, is the transition into a multipolar world, which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is November 15th, 2022, Anno Domini. You just heard there, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, laying out his agenda, his view of what he calls the concept of the multi-crisis. The crisis of institutions, he says, the crisis of environment, ecology, economy, the crisis of health. But don't all of these crises have something in common, that's right, they're man-made. And it's through the efforts of the World Economic Forum that these crises have been set in motion. The party of Davos is telling you what they're up to. They are the ones that created the multi-crisis and they are working, to use his words, to restructure our world as we go through this new transition. It's called the fourth turning and Klaus Schwab knows exactly what's going on. The question is, who's going to control the new institutions? He wants it to be him. Well, since we're talking about Klaus Schwab, since we're talking about the World Economic Forum, then who better to bring on as my special daily uh, guest co-host then none other than Turning Point USA contributor Savannah Hernandez, who was with me in Davos when I was being detained by the World Economic Forum to police and got straight in their faces and was screaming out that, why are you detaining journalists? Why are you detaining journalists? And then, of course, Davos Scully had to scurry off into her little uh, her little Wonder Bread minivan after that. Sav, uh, great to have you on, but also I've got to get your response. What is Klaus Schwab up to? Is this agenda that he has for total domination and is the you know you know a simple question is this the end of our freedom savannah 
Well, thank you so much for having me on, Jack. It's great to be here with you. Yes, the last time you know we were together, what was in um, Switzerland when we were in Davos, looking at the World Economic Forum, and uh, you know everybody kind of hiding away from the average person that they're trying to push all of these bad ideologies on. Uh, you know, just to answer that very vague question here of is Klaus going to take over everything just looking at the streets of America and looking at the degradation of our own country here it is safe to say that we are currently living through the Great Reset and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking to me uh, to see where we are currently at. And then also looking too at the G20 summit this morning, we had the Indonesian Minister of Health basically talking about how we need our digital health certificates that are held by the World Health Organization, where you technically won't be able to move unless you've been vaccinated or tested properly. So, uh, you know, 2020, the entire COVID narrative that they pushed on us and everything that we went through with that was the perfect example of the Great Reset being ushered in. And then we're continuing to see this rhetoric and it being um, implied every single day in our modern uh, you know, world. And it's just been absolutely heartbreaking to see. So uh, sadly, Jack, you know, I wish I could give a happier response to this, but I think we are living through the Great Reset right now and we're seeing it in motion every single day. The Great Reset, so when we talk about the fourth turning, I think that a lot of people don't understand that we're, we're actually still in the end of the third turning. And I'm gonna be appearing on uh, Alex Clark's spillover to talk about this later in the year, but my theory of the case is that the fourth turning actually hasn't begun yet, or at least it hasn't begun in full swing. The fourth turning is supposed to be marked by a bloody crisis. And in the past, it was affected by the American Revolution, the Civil War, World War II, these were all uh, situations, occurrences that took place, massive conflicts, massive crises that took place that were extremely bloody, not only for the world, but also particularly for the United States of America. We haven't yet seen that. So I believe that the, that the stage that we're still in is known as the unraveling. We are in the unraveling. The fourth turning is looming. It's looking at us right in the face but Klaus Schwab, he's looking around the corner, and what does he say? He says there will be new institutions that we remake, right? He's trying to front load the Great Reset as he's basically ushering in the fourth turning. It's kind of like when you have those end of the world cults, when they say they want the, the end of the world to come, so they try to usher it forward, and they're like conjuring demons and stuff. This is very similar to that, where he wants to hearken the crisis, because just as we've seen the move from voting in person to voting by ballot, voting from home. They want to normalize doing everything. You'll work from home. You'll be at home all the time. You'll order your food from home. You won't even own your home. You won't own anything. You won't own movies. You won't own books. You won't be able to vote outside. They don't want you doing anything outside. They want you to be your little, a little worker bee that's inside your little honeycomb cell because they don't want you living in big homes anymore. They don't want you to have cars anymore. You can go visit other cells on the mass hu massive honeycomb transport network, but it's very clear the future that they're trying to drive us towards. And Sav, let me ask you your analysis on this because the way I look at it is, kind of feels like they're winning right now. It really does. And I'm glad that you brought up the election, Jack, because I believe it was MSNBC who was trying to say that Arizona had some of the most secure and best elections in the country. And, uh, you know, we can look at our election process as an example of how these things are being normalized. We used to have election night. Now we have election week. Uh, this is something that I talk about as well, right, with the Patriot Act and TSA. There's an entire generation, myself included, that don't remember an America where you weren't taking your shoes off and being stopped and frisked by TSA. Now, 
now we're moving into our elections, right? Now we're being told, well, it's not election night. It's actually a election week. The longer our ele- elections take, it's actually better because that just means it's a more thorough count. So we're seeing the normalization of these things that are very much not normal. That's why I've been hitting the streets a lot, too, to cover homelessness, crime and drug use in the country. I, I'm really trying to highlight how this has become so normalized for the average American citizen to where they're living through the Great Reset. Everything is destroyed and, um, you know, just crumbling down around them. But they think, oh, well, that's just how things are supposed to be. No, it's completely right. And this is, by the way, the tw- this week is the 20 year anniversary of the Homeland Security Act. And in fact, I wanted to get into before we go to the next segment, we want to get to our next uh, sponsors because a new report recently came out that American household net income has dropped by over $6 trillion just in the second quarter this year. That is the most on record. Look, we already know that the administration is doing everything in their power to keep you in the dark until after the midterms, which just ended. And this begs the question, what is going to happen when there's no incentive to hold back? That's what we're going to find out next. That's why so many of you have taken my advice and protected your financial future with gold and silver from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink, AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to protectwithposo.com and get their best offer yet, up to $2,500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that Poso sent you, or give them a call, 844-790-9191. We cannot control control the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences of their policies. Protectwithposo.com. That's protectwithposo.com. And if you're on the podcast, you can get that in the description. We'll be right back with more Savannah Hernandez. What do you think is the biggest threat to mankind right now? So the biggest threat right now is population collapse, the super low birth rate. Don't we have an overpopulation problem? No, we have an underpopulation problem. Really? Yeah. Why, why do you so this is the most commonly misunderstood situation. Yeah, they definitely push that we have an mm-hmm. overpopulation. Yeah, why is no, that? No, no. We, what we face uh, is co- population collapse. Huh. Collapse. Like, people have no idea how fast the population is going to collapse. Yeah. Japan is pretty far along in that. Like, Japan actually uh, lost, like, 600,000, went down by 600,000 people last year. Um, so why are we spewed with all this BS that, yo, we're overpopulating, but the population's growing, right? No, it's not. Like one thing to metric to track is the ratio of adult diapers to baby diapers. Mm-hmm. Like at what point does a country have more adult diapers and baby diapers? And like Japan went past that point over 10 years ago, I believe. Whoa. The adult diapers to baby diapers ratio. That's actually a really interesting way to put it. But, you know, we're looking here at an agenda that's driving us towards depopulation. There are many people that have talked about a depopulation agenda and Savannah can you read for us this headline that just came across and broke from a new study this morning? Sure, Jack. So I want to use the scientific term for what we're all going through, and that is called spermageddon, okay? Men's sperm rates have more than halved since the 1970s, as experts warned that this trend could threaten mankind's survival. Okay, guys, so a little bit serious here. So they're literally saying that when we've been warning about the fact that low-T men are prevalent across the West, 
that this is a new phenomenon. It didn't exist in the 1970s. It certainly didn't exist prior to the 70s, the 1950s, the 1940s. What they're basically saying is that memes have become true because here's the thing. Memes are actually reflected in reality, that if you want to have a good meme, that it has to be reflected in reality. This is, by the way, Mm -hmm. why the left can't meme because they are memes themselves. It's also because that leftism in itself is a willful denial of actual reality. That's why their memes make no sense or require massive amounts of text and contextualization for them to make any sense, whereas an actual meme just reflects reality. And so, yes, low T men have been, if there's any overpopulation out there, it's the overpopulation of men with low T. And the fact of the matter is that studies are now bearing this out. And if you look through that study, one of the things they point to is processed foods, chemicals being all over the place and everything from children's toys to food packaging, uh, people not eating raw foods anymore, people not eating eggs, seed oils being everywhere. This idea that we as humans, particularly in the West and said, look, you know, my wife, right? So Tanya Tay, when she came over from uh, Eastern Europe, that they don't eat like that over there. And she came Mm -hmm. over to the US and she was like, what is wrong with your food? Why is your food plastic? This is not my my parents-in-law. They're, uh, you know, when they came to come to visit, they're like, this stuff is like pink slop. It's goo. It's it's not food. This is not what real food tastes like. Do you not understand this? And I yeah, didn't Jack- understand it either. I didn't understand it until I went overseas and tasted what real food, natural food tastes like, and it suddenly opened my eyes. And, oh my gosh, I I, I thought had- that's it's like that line in the Matrix. How do they how do the robots know what steak tastes like? You know. Right, right. I had the exact same experience because I went and I studied abroad in London back in 2016. And I was shocked at how quickly my food went bad over there because I was used to our overly processed food. Uh, So, you know, you go buy bread in uh, London and it's going to mold in like two or three days. It's going to mold very quickly because it's not processed. It's not filled with chemicals. This article also references obesity. And if you look at our media, right, our media has been normalizing obesity for both men and women. Our media has been saying that going to the gym is an alt-right thing, that if you go to the gym, you're fat phobic and you're a bad person. So it's very interesting to see how our entire society is also a part of this depopulation effort, right? To keep everybody subservient, keep everybody fat, keep everybody complacent. And if you even want to tie this back to the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and a lot of these elected uh, leaders who are trying to worry about our health and safety, uh, it's very interesting to see how they're pushing these types of things because they do want that subservient class. Because when you have strong men who have a traditional family, have kids, have a wife that they have to care for, they have to buy property for, that they have to provide for, that type of man is going to be very hard to make subservient to a tyrannical government over the soy jack man that is chugging, you know, fake egg soy sludge chugging every single day. Chugging all day long. Yeah, exactly. And, all you know, uh, listening to the media, not going to the gym. Which, by the way, I think it's actually funny that um, that slonking has come back and, you know, Tucker had that documentary about it and, you know, like, oh, it's chugging raw eggs. And that's, you know, that's like some subversive act when you can go back and like the Rocky movies used to show him doing it. People in the 50s used to do it. I mentioned the time you said, yeah, people do that back home all the time. Why is that something that you think is weird? Why do you think there's some problem with that? That who, who told you that? Right. Basically. And there's so many corporations over the years that have demonized, right, eating uh, raw food or eating natural food. So you can't do this. And they're trying to replace it by selling their own product because they've come up with their own product. They've got a 
a profit incentive to do so and a profit incentive to tell you that you shouldn't be eating regular real food. And there's a line that uh, that again, because uh, again, I should, probably should interview Tanya about this at some point. But she goes, you know, the the main ingredient that I like to check for is if my food has a list of ingredients that's more than one, then it's probably not real food. I look for one ingredient food. <laughs> Exactly. It's uh, absolutely heartbreaking to see what we're fed, what our kids are fed in the modern day. There's so many carcinogens uh, in our food supply, even in our water supply, right? Uh, we, we're constantly saying to filter your water because there is a fluoride in our water, which is supposed to be good for our teeth, while simultaneously your dentist is telling you not to ingest too much fluoride because it can be toxic for you. Uh, fluoride in um, digestion has also been linked to you know, lower IQ points. So we're just creating an entire uh, generation of people who are weak, who are unhealthy, who are ready and willing to listen to their government. And, uh, you know, that's why yeah, we got Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there, there was that town in in uh, I think it was Vermont where they mm -hmm. found out the guy who ran the water supply. He was, was lowering the fluoride supply. Yeah, lowering the fluoride. But they should actually, you know, absolute legend number one. But also they should run tests on that town. By the way, run tests on yeah. the kids. See if there's an actual measurable difference. Test the hypothesis, right? You know, if he's going to get in trouble, he's going to get in trouble. We actually have an ability to test this hypothesis out. Let's see. Let's actually. That being said. You know, no offense to people from Vermont, but I got to say, if you've ever met people from Vermont, they all have bad teeth. I mean, it's basically like what well, like you just mentioned England for a second ago. The people of Vermont, they have the teeth. It's just not great. Speaking of which, by the way, I got I just got to say, Sav, if you're going to bring up London as a place that has good food, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you there. Just, I'm just saying like, well, no, the, that's the like food at their grocery stores. That's what I'm saying. The food at their grocery <laughs> stores, much better. It's like a farmer's market over there, except that's their version of Walmart. And then you come to the United exactly. States. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, British food, ugh, blood pudding and all that stuff. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Savannah Hernandez, big news out of Texas coming next. Hi, this is Governor Greg Abbott. The past two days have been historic for the state of Texas. I've met with governors from border states in Mexico uh, to reach agreements where those governors in Mexico will be uh, securing the border to reduce cross-border immigration into the state of Texas. If you think about it, in the past two days alone, I've done more than what the Biden administration has done in the past 15 months to address border security. As your governor, I will continue to work every day to secure our border. Texas Governor Abbott just invoked the invasion clause. This is massive news. If you live in Texas, anywhere across the border, uh, delivering fantastically for the people of Texas, certainly on all of his campaign promises. And let's go through the list. He's deploying the National Guard. He's sending gunboats into the Rio Grande, uh, potentially even into the Gulf of Mexico. He's putting up that he will deport, he will deport, excuse me, illegal immigrants and traffickers. And he's designated the Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, which would empower the, the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Department of Revenue to go after them and banks that may be working with them and the money laundering. This is insane. This is completely amazing. Every governor in America, certainly every governor on the border should be doing this. Savannah, you are there in Texas. You must be pretty proud to be a Texan right now. 
I'm extremely happy about this, Jack. I've gone to the border multiple times and reported on this crisis. Keep in mind that for the fiscal year of 2022, Customs and Border Patrol reporting that for the first time, we have surpassed over 2.7 million illegal immigrants that have been arrested at our southern border. Uh, that's on top of the over 1.7 million that were arrested last fiscal year in 2021. So to say that this is an invasion is an understatement. We actually had six counties and uh, one city here on the southern border of Texas declare an invasion earlier this year in July because of how horrific the conditions have gotten. I've been talking to National Guard and Border Patrol at the border who are completely overwhelmed, feel you know just very demoralized about the situation that has happened there. So this is definitely needed. And I'm so happy that Greg Abbott has decided to finally rightly declare an invasion at our Texas border. Well, no, this is something that certainly gives him a national uh, platform, something that's going to be much into consideration in the next couple of years. Uh, mm -hmm. Greg Abbott, someone who, and I know the conservatives have been pushing him for years to come out and do this. It looks like definitely something where uh, he was waiting for the election to take place, does that just one week after. And I really think that one, something that a lot of people need to look at here is this is obviously going to be, I think, fought by the courts and, and potentially even the Department of Justice, because You've got to look at it, and that's what we do here at Human Events Daily. We're, we're looking around the corner. We're going into secondary tertiary effects. I think you're going to see the Garland Department of Justice under the Biden regime. They're going to try to fight this tooth and nail. They're going to try to do everything they can. And I, just wait, you're going to have Mayorkas up there the Secretary of Homeland Security saying, oh, what he's doing is detrimental to our to our efforts, because under the Biden regime and certainly under this guy, Mayorkas, who should be impeached, by the way, for a variety of reasons, Ted Cruz has even called for that, that he sat up there this entire time and he's turned our Customs and Border Patrol agency into a welcoming agency for illegals. They welcome them in. They bring them in. They say, oh, please, let's get you out of the sun. Please, let's get you out of the river. Let's help you out. Let's figure out where we can take you. Let's put you across the country. And then they go to Martha's Vineyard to go to other places. But you know where they don't go? They don't go back. And a lot of the time now, and Sav, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, the uh, the trafficked people that are coming through, and that's what they are. They're, these people are victims of trafficking. And I hope everyone understands that, that they're not coming from Mexico so much anymore. No, they're actually coming more from Central America. They're coming from Guatemala. They're coming from mm -hmm. Ecuador. They're coming from El Salvador. They're coming from so far south, making this trek under false pretenses and then essentially being sold into modern forms of labor and sex slavery. Exactly, Jack. And I do want to make one point about uh, Mayorkas before we get off of that topic. Keep in mind that this is the same man that knowingly lied about our Border Patrol agents and said that he they were using whips, um, you know, with the illegal immigrants at the border. This administration, the DHS, has lied about our Border Patrol. That's another reason why they feel so demoralized regarding the trafficking of these, uh, you know, illegal immigrants. I've spoken to the uh, patrol agents in Yuma, Arizona, who said they feel like Ubers for the illegals because you will have four or five 500 people every single night flooding in. They are so understaffed that they cannot, you know, help all of these people. They can't process all of these people and they can't turn any of them away either. Keep in mind that these aren't just, uh, you know, poor women and children that are coming across the border. Oftentimes these are cartel members. These are people that could potentially be tied to MS-13. We have a record amount of fentanyl coming across our open borders. It's an absolutely astonishing scene when anybody in America can go to the Texas or Arizona border, see a wide open gap in the border wall and watch people 
people flood in and they're, you know, they're excited. They're wearing brand new clothes. They're ready for their photo op. They're ready to be welcomed into America. They're ready to use our resources because they're not going to be turned away. But one thing that is being underreported right now is the Venezuelan, because Jackie did mention, uh, you know, these people aren't just coming from Mexico. They're coming from Venezuela, Honduras. Uh, all over the world, even people from Ukraine, Russia are coming over, Uzbekistan. Uh, in Juarez right now, there's a huge Venezuelan crisis. And along the border near, near El Paso, you look right across, there are tents set up because Venezuelans are, you know, waiting to be let into the country, let into the United States of America. They've been expelled under Title 42. Um, but that's what's currently being allowed to prosper. And uh, it's just very interesting, right? We saw that clip the other week, too, about how the Venezuelan migrants were holding the Venezuelan flag and trying to rush our Border Patrol agents, throwing rocks at them and hurting them. So I'm glad that, uh, again, Greg Abbott made this step to declare the invasion and we're trying to get things under control because things have gotten very out of control so far. He's also stated that he wants to look at potential ways to um, to build a wall on the border. He's very, very specific about this, very clear about this. Now, we saw in Arizona and some other areas that they were looking at using Connex containers to actually prop them up. And for some of these places, there are gaps in the wall. I mean, I think that's great. I, th I say go right ahead. You know, if you need a stopgap measure, literal stopgap, right? Just go ahead and throw those up. You've got them sitting around everywhere, whether they come in from China or Korea or whatever it is, throw them up, do whatever you can, because this border and people don't understand these cartels are paramilitary organizations. They have kill teams. They're operating on both sides of the border and they've become they've become a threat to both the United States and Mexico. They threaten both of our countries. And so from a perspective of national sovereignty in that trans-border region that affects both the United States and Mexico, we need to do something about these cartels. Savannah Hernandez, that is about all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell me, where can people go to follow you, follow everything that you're breaking and what you're up to? What are your coordinates? Yeah, follow me on YouTube and Rumble, Sav says. Follow me on Instagram at Sav with one N and check out my website, savsesofficial.com for more articles and research um, on some of the topics that we've discussed today. So glad to have Sav on. People know, I've known Sav for years, first time we've had her on, but not the last time. Because of course, when the World Economic Forum comes calling, you're gonna have Poso and Sav, apparently, are gonna be the ones to get in the streets to stop them and stop the World Economic Forum police. Because that's what these people hate, is somebody getting in their faces with a camera and yelling the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>